Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The volume. Looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58? DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet on the big game and turn five bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. Now, me, I'm big on quarterback bets. So, Patrick Mahomes, I'm all in on a whole bunch of different bets with him. Brock Purdy, I'm all in on a whole bunch of different bets with him. And if there's any Taylor Swift bets that are available, I'm all in on them as well. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code MANIX. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with code MANIX. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text hope ny 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. This is Boxing with Chris Mannix. Oh, somebody punch him in the face. Anthony Joshua is a composed and ferocious finisher. Watch this. Andy Ruiz is the heavyweight champion. Hosted by SI's Chris Mannix. That was my moment. Now with interviews, analysis, and everything going on in the world of boxing. When you have talent, you are given another chance. Here's Chris Mannix. This is Boxing with Chris Mannix, part of the Volume Sports Podcast Network. I want to welcome in everybody that is listening on the podcast feed. If you are not a subscriber, get over to Apple Podcasts, to Spotify, hit that subscribe button. Make sure you get this podcast in your feed every single week. You may also get multiple podcasts. If you saw uh, or listened to the pod earlier this week with Corey Urban, where we talked about Jaime Munguia's win over John Ryder, the state of the super middleweight division. That's something I'm going to try to do a lot more of because I want to react to big events on Saturday 
in a little bit more of a timely manner whenever it's uh, it's necessary. This main pod usually comes out towards the end of the week. I'm going to start trying to do more pods early in the week that react to something big that happens over the weekend. There may even be rapid fire pods that come out right after uh, a, a big event. So make sure you subscribe. It's a long way of saying that so you don't miss any of those episodes. This main pod this week is a great one. Eddie Hearn, Matchroom Boxing, Matchroom Boxing USA. He is promoting an event in Las Vegas, headlined by Connor Ben going up against Peter Dobson. I talked to Eddie about the Jaime Munguia John Ryder fight, the future of John Ryder, why he thinks that Jaime Munguia is a great candidate to face Canelo Alvarez. We also talk about Edgar Berlanga, a bunch of other topics about the matchroom universe that I get into with Eddie Hearn. A little bit later, Connor Ben, he joins me from Vegas to talk about, well, why he's fighting. In Vegas. If you remember, Conor Ben, after he won that fight back in September, was pretty adamant. He wanted his next fight to be in the UK. It is not. It is in Las Vegas. It is against Peter Dobson. And look, everybody wants to fight in Vegas, but I'm sure Conor Ben wants to fight in the UK. So we talked to Conor about why that is not happening. Uh, we talked to him about why he thinks, or, or if he's optimistic, I guess that a big fight in the UK can happen later this year. And, you know, look at the landscape. The big names at 147, 154. Who does Conor Ben want to fight next? That's what I want to get into with Conor Ben later in the show. As always, subscribe, rate, review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you download podcasts. Also, fire away questions. Uh, something else I've been kicking around is doing mailbag podcast. You know, I take some of your questions that come in on social media. You can also leave questions on the review page on Apple Podcasts. I'll be scanning that from time to time. So fire off those questions. Uh, we'll do mailbag podcasts periodically over the next uh, couple of weeks and months. So stick around. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Eddie Hearn. All right, Eddie Hearn is here. Matchroom Boxing, got a show this weekend in Las Vegas. Connor Ben against Peter Dobson. That's a fight that you can watch in the U.S. in the afternoon, U.K. in primetime live on DAZN. And Eddie, I just saw you in Arizona this past weekend. I was thinking about this. You and I did a uh, sit-down with Oscar De La Hoya. You and Oscar going back and forth, you know, talking about how much money you had and how much how little money I have. And, um, you know, it was a pretty... It civil conversation. I thought it was constructive. And then like a day later, I'm on boxing scene and I'm reading like a headline, like De La Hoya says Hearn doesn't have the stable to do a five on five matchup. So it feels like all the good vibes were limited just for that room. I was kind of disappointed. Yeah. I think that, you know, it was when I was praising Oscar and talking about the zone and, and Matron V Golden Boy at the press conference. Obviously, I couldn't see him behind me when I was speaking, but when I watched it back, he didn't really look that keen on on me speaking or or actually on the concept. And uh, he said a lot of great things last week, but you know, couldn't avoid a few jabs and digs. But that's all right; I don't mind. It's not going to stop me trying to make fights. But yeah, hopefully, his actions are as genuine as his words. We'll, we'll see over the next uh, few months, no doubt. Hey, you made an entertaining one last weekend, Jaime Munguia against John Ryder. Let me ask you first. Um, tough loss for John Ryder. Uh, how is he doing now? And look, he was pretty public that if he couldn't get a win in a fight like this, he was probably going to walk away. Have you talked to him at all about what his future might be? A little bit after the fight. You know, I think he says he's going to have a think about it this week. You know, he he wants to 
operate at the top level. And he's had a great run. You know, he beat Daniel Jacobs. He beat Zach Parker. Lost to Canelo in front of 70,000. Lost to Munguia. Made, made a lot of money in the process. And, you know, he's... I say he's overperformed from where, you know, he first started. But at the same time, you know, there's arguments that he could have won the fight with Callum Smith, become a world champion, could have got the decision against Billy Joe. And, you know, so he's really earned his stripes. Um, Munguia was very impressive. I think he's a great asset to boxing. I think he's very exciting. Um, but was was too good for John on the night. You know, I think John, maybe his punch resistance isn't quite what it was but still took some great shots and, and take nothing away from Mungir. I thought he was outstanding and you know, it was a really good fight. Yeah, and uh, I don't know that you were all that impressed with Mungia coming into the fight, mm. but I, I think you left that experience more impressed. I mean, just briefly talking yeah. to you in the ring definitely. right afterwards, yeah. I think you were pretty, pretty sold on him. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think you know, the reason that I wasn't sold is because he's 42-0 and 0, mm. and his best wins are Liam Smith at 154 and... Derevchenko at 160, really, who, you know, is a faded fighter. So you start to think, is it all hype? You know, he's never really fought anyone and then steps up and, and really does a, a great job on John Ryder, which shows me this guy's for real. I think a lot of the stuff that I thought John would be effective at, he wasn't able to be. You know, he wasn't as as productive on the inside because Mungir was very strong on the inside. His output we knew is excellent, and it was again. Got a great chin. And I think he's going to be in great fights. I mean, I think that there's no skin in the game for me with, with Canelo against Munguia. I'd like to see it. I think it's a great fight. Two Mexicans, all action. And if I'm Canelo Alvarez, I'm liking that fight. But at least you've got a young, ambitious, all action fighter that's going to really bring the fight to Canelo Alvarez. And I, I for one, would love to see it. But I also want to see Munguia against Belanga. You know, I think that's a great interim fight, if you like, to decide who's going to get. That, that Canelo Alvarez fight. Uh, on the subject of Canelo, though, do you outside of David Benavidez, who I think we'd all agree is the most qualified guy to fight Canelo, did that win by Munguia, in your mind, push him to the top of the list? Like you said, you have no skin in the game when it comes to that uh, particular no. matchup, but does I that push so. him to I the top? I think so. Look, I look at it and say, let's be honest, who wants to see Canelo against Charlie? Like, the, first, the fight with a brother was dead you know he hasn't boxed for two years but I just like who, who, what would you rather see that or a Munguia fight like a Munguia fight is just absolute all action you know if I'm promoting I want to make the Munguia fight two Mexicans going at it and I think I think his years should look like Munguia and Benavides. Mm. you know um, so and I think it might end up looking like Charlo against Crawford. and Sorry, Charlo and Crawford, you know? So, I don't know. I think Munguia's got to stay in those big fights. Honestly, like, if, if Belanga beats McCrory, I think DeZone and Matram and Golden Boy have got to be saying, Munguia against Belanga, MSG, San Diego, wherever you want. It's a massive fight. Like, and it's so much fun, that fight as well. I'm all in. Do you have any insight into... What's going on with Canelo these days? Because I think a lot of people have seen the Amazon deal and, and wondered how that impacts the top guys involved with PBC right now. They just announced a, a fight involving Keith Thurman and Tim Zhu, but Canelo's out there, and, and you know as well as anyone, there are big guarantees that come with a Canelo Alvarez contract. 
Uh, do you have any insight into where that relationship stands? Not really, no. I mean, look, from, from in the Canelo business, you have to be willing to put a sizable guarantee down of which you're always playing roulette with, quite honestly. Um, you always want that guarantee to come from somebody else. And in a normal capacity, it will come from the broadcaster. But sometimes a broadcast deal won't include a guarantee. It will just include a revenue share, which is what I understand the Amazon deal is. So all of a sudden, if you have a sizable guarantee with Canelo Alvarez and you're on a revenue share of a platform that's not done pay-per-view boxing before, it's squeaky bum time, you know, and you've got to have deep pockets to say, look, if it, if it doesn't work, you know, we're going to be losing a lot of money here. So Canelo's in a sweet spot. You know, he always is. He always makes sure he's looked after and he's a, he's a clever businessman with a good team of people around him. He don't care. He don't care if it's on Amazon, DAZN, Disney Channel. He just gets his guarantee and quite right too. So, you know, he'll be chilled waiting for his news and he'll fight anybody. And obviously, as always, the fighter, not necessarily the fighter, but the team and Eddie and you know the people around him will want the easiest fight possible for the most amount of money. So how, how the game works. And you know, the promoter will want the hardest fight possible or certainly the fight that's going to deliver the biggest numbers to box off that guarantee. And if that's me, I'm making Jaime Munguia in May or Benavides. Well, we've got a, a pretty sizable American audience, Eddie, and I'm sure a lot of them are going to be wondering what squeaky bum time is, uh, is, is yeah, so often um, used over in the nervous, UK. Nervous, Okay, yeah. we're going to be used in the UK. Um, I, I, the super middleweight division has gotten pretty hot in the last couple of weeks where it's been one good performance after another. Christian Mabili, great performance a few weeks ago. Jaime Munguia, great performance last weekend. Your guy, Edgar Berlanga, goes February 24th on the zone. Um, is part of your message to him going into that fight going to be, hey, you can't just win. Like, you've got to win in an impressive manner. Yeah, and by the way, Padraig McCrory is a good fighter and he can really punch as well. It's going to be a really explosive fight. But yeah, like Belanga needs to go in there and, and knock him out in style and stand on the turnbuckle and say, I want Munguia, I want Benavidez, I want Canelo. Because all of those fights are massive if he can get people excited. So that's really what we're looking for from him. You know, you've got Diego Pacheco coming up fast on the ranks. You know, he's a younger fighter that those guys aren't really going to want to fight yet because they'll say, oh, he doesn't have the name value, et cetera, et cetera. But it won't be long. And then Billy as well. And by the way, Diego Pacheco said to me, I will fight and Billy. I love that fight. You know, I think and Billy's all action. Great, great style. So there's a lot of guys that are just, you know, really raring to go in those big fights. And, and the more statements they make, the easier it will be for us to really scream and shout. Are, are these super middleweight fights you're talking about, do they feel more makeable because you're not talking about the biggest of names yet? I mean, Mbili is excellent and well-known in Canada, but not a huge name. You throw Eric Bazinian in that mix. He picked mm. up a win in the same week as Bungia. Like, do these fights feel makeable in 2024? Yeah, I just feel like they're the kind of fights you need to make to put yourself in that position. Like, and Benavidez has done it a little bit as well. You know, Benavidez, who hadn't really beaten anyone of note, you know, listened probably to the criticism of, you need to really beat someone and earn your shot at Canelo Alvarez. Well, he went and beat Caleb Plant and then beat Demetrius Andre. Like, you can't really knock it, really. And... Mm. Jaime Munguia went and stopped John Ryder. Okay, that's a solid statement. But like if if Belanga can make a statement against McCrory and if they can fight each other, you really can't 
denied the credentials of those guys. And, and the same with Pacheco. You know, they'll, they'll want a big fight to make people go, fair enough, he's earned it, he's ready. And, you know, you've got to keep winning and you've got to keep winning in style. Do you think Berlanga wants those fights? Because the criticism of him when he was with Top Rank was they couldn't do a deal where he'd commit to the big fights. Uh, he comes over to Matchroom in part because he believed a Canelo fight was going to be mm -hmm. there for him. But with Canelo presumably off the table, do you do you think you can make that big fight with Berlanga? He has to. I mean, like, you know, if he comes through McCrory, we will be saying to him, there's only a certain amount of fights that you can take. And it's the ones that people want to see. And that, that includes Billy, that includes Pacheco, that includes particularly Munguia, you know, Benavidez, Plant, like all of those fights. Edgar's got to be in those fights. And listen, he's going to be rewarded for them financially. And, you know, Keith Connolly will make sure of that. So, you know, I think it's a situation where really, uh, if he comes through McCrory, he has to be in a huge fight next. And I just feel that if Munguia's not going to get Canelo next, that fight, San Diego, as I said, New York, like that's a massive Mexican Puerto Rican fight. And it's fireworks, two all action guys. And, and I think it would be a massive fight for the sport. Yeah, I think you do a big gate on that as well, whether it is San Diego uh, or New York. All right, let's talk about Connor Ben uh, back on Saturday against Peter Dobson. It was back in September, Eddie, that you got Connor back into the ring against Rodolfo Orozco, got a win, you know, shook off the rust there. How surprised are you? that we're here talking about Conor Ben fighting in Vegas against a lesser opponent and not fighting in the UK against a big name opponent. Yeah, it's been frustrating. I mean, you know, we all expect him to fight Chris Eubank Jr. in February. Um, and when that fell through, we really had like five weeks till the date in February. I didn't want to wait till April, May. I wanted to get him active. And, you know, Pete Dobson was there. He's been scheduled to fight a lot of our top guys. Um, he's a 154-pounder. He's undefeated. He talks a lot. But he's a level below the names that Conor Ben wants to be fighting. So he's really under pressure to make the statement. I like the activity. I love the fact that he's getting to headline in Las Vegas. You know, it's a dream for any UK fighter. Um, so he's got to look good on Saturday. Dobson's been talking a great game. But when the, the lights hit, like Conor Ben is one of the most ferocious, entertaining fighters out there, pound for pound. He just lets everything go. He's so much like his father. And going to be a really entertaining fight and, and we're under pressure after this to make those big fights really obviously we hope that the the situation gets cleared up in february for him to fight in the uk that'll make it so easy for us to make big fights but if not we'll make a big fight in america you know he's free to fight over here or anywhere in the world in that fact so but he's got to look good on saturday night and i think it'll be an entertaining fight i've heard you use that word a lot hope when it comes to connor mm -hmm. fighting back in the uk um, are you optimistic? I know there's a hearing coming up in February, but yeah. are you optimistic that it gets resolved in February? Yeah, it has. I mean, if he wins the appeal, like he at that stage, he would have won three cases back to back without lo losing any. Like it's been nearly two years since this happened. It's it's so bizarre, and it's you know there's a lot of ego and you know a lot of um, just I, I think poor decisions all around. And like I said, Connor can fight anywhere in the world just not in Britain under the British Boxing Board of Control, having won the case. So, you know, get this win, win that appeal in February, and then make a huge stadium fight in April or May. Look, Connor has been clear he wants big fights sooner rather than later. If you're fighting in the U.S., um, and look, he wants to fight at welterweight, he can fight at junior middleweight probably, if, you're, if you have to make a big fight for Connor in the U.S., in your mind, as someone that puts these fights together... 
what are some of the realistic options for him in 2024? I mean, the fight that we liked, but obviously it's difficult to to lure him away, is Maros Barros. I think that's a great fight. He's WBC number one. Connor talks about boots. He talks about Crawford. Look, these are like these are fights that you need to aspire to. But if you're fighting Peter Dobson, you've really got to annihilate this guy on Saturday. And there's there's a long way between those levels and and boots and Crawford. Um, you know. A Virgil Ortiz fight is a tremendous fight, very dangerous, but again, the kind of fight that you want to see Conor Ben in, you know, um, Ugas perhaps at Welter. Like any of those guys that are in the top 10, Stanionis is a fight that's been discussed as well. Like he's capable of fighting and beating all those guys. Um, I would like for him to make a, a huge stadium fight in the UK, but if not, you'll see him in America against one of those big names. You didn't put Devin Haney in that mix, and Devin. Yeah, Devin Haney. You know, even Ryan Garcia. Yeah. You know. Well, let's let, let's let, let's talk about those two then, because you were just around Golden Boy officials for a week. Oscar, Eric Gomez, the people that make decisions over there. Um, is there any forward progress towards making a fight between Devin Haney and Ryan Garcia? Yeah, I think there's the discussions have started again. I mean, I'm due to meet Bill this week as well to talk through it. Um. I think it's the fight to make. You know, it's the fight for DAZN. It's the fight for Devin. I think it's the fight for Ryan. I know it's a very tough fight for him. But, you know, my advice to Devin Haney is get that fight made. You know, it's a, it's a mega fight for him. Um, Ryan has got his perceptions and ideas of his value, which is difficult to make a fight against. But he is a big star and that fight does big numbers. So hopefully they can get some progression. And I don't see many other options for Ryan or Devin in terms of big, big fights. So there's one that I think can get made quite comfortably if everyone's sensible. Last couple of things for you. Um, one of your other fighters has been dealing with outside the ring issues is Alicia Baumgartner. Uh, the WBC effectively cleared her. The WBO did the same kind of piggybacking. I've been told that the ABC is likely going to take her off the suspension list sometime in the next week. Um, where do you stand on Alicia? Has not fought since last summer in the aftermath of those positive drug tests. Are you still looking to work with her? Are you looking to make big fights with her? Where do you stand on her? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, she still has a, a fight with us under a contract. And I think the most frustrating thing about the situation has been the lack of action or investigation from the commission. Like, you know, Alicia has gone out and she's proved her innocence by those governing bodies. But until the commission make a decision, it's very difficult. Like normally the commission will make the decision first and then the governing bodies will act after that. So this is kind of a reverse situation where, you know, we haven't really been able to do anything be because we await for the guidance of the commission. You know, she's gone out. She's done a great job to, you know, go through the science and present that to the governing bodies. They're happy. But the commission have to be happy for, for the career to resume and, you know, like you say, it was like July, you know, I don't know, August, September since the results come in. So we want a decision and, and she now wants to resume her career, having gone through that process with the other governing bodies. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more on the Michigan Commission. It's like they have a caller ID of whether it's someone from Baumgartner's camp, uh, Lou DiBella yeah. representing the other side or media members. They don't but want to talk of, to anybody. You know, a lot of, sometimes these commissions are afraid to make a decision. Yeah. You know, they, they really need to. That's their job. And, you know, hopefully it's in line with, with the other decisions from the respective governing bodies. Yeah. Uh, last question for you. Uh, and this 
may come off as a little navel-gazing, giving it's you and I talking about it, but you're entering the the sixth full year of this DAZN deal. Uh, do you still believe in the model? Do, do you still believe this is the recipe for long-term success in boxing? Because we have seen a lot of upheaval in the last couple of years, last couple of months, really, with Showtime's exit, Amazon's entry. We don't know what's going to happen with ESPN. The question I have is, do you still believe this is the right model for boxing? But honestly, if it wasn't, we wouldn't have be having this conversation six years in. You know, how many times have people said, the zone won't last, the zone's over, yet still the schedule keeps improving. You know, the, the fights get bigger. And for me, the zone have established themselves as the global home of boxing. It's such a unique product where you can watch championship fights every single week from all over the world. You're always under pressure to keep maintaining the schedule, keep staging big fights. But, you know, you're seeing those fights, whether it's Fury Usyk, whether it's Fury Ngannou, AJ against um, Ngannou, Wilder, the Day of Reckoning. All those fights are on the zone. And, you know, you've got Ryan Garcia potentially against Devin Haney. You're always under pressure to make the big fights. But I think now the zone is in the best position it's ever been in financially in America and also from a subscriber point of view, from a, a, a respect point of view, from customers and, you know, for me, it's the premier outlet for boxing, unrivaled. Well, big one this weekend on the zone. Peter, uh, Connor Ben against Peter Dobson, afternoon fight in the U.S., prime time in the U.K. Eddie, you can roll in, like, right from the breakfast buffet to see the first fight. I know, so it's, it's very unique. It's... Very unique. I think the fights start at, like, 9.30 or 10 a.m., so, you know, it's going to be unique. But, yeah, looking forward to it. All right, Eddie, I appreciate your time, man. Cheers, mate. See you later. Bye. And when we come back... My conversation with Connor Ben. <laughs> eBay Motors is here for the ride. Now, I'm supposed to talk here about what I remember and what I loved about my first car. And that's easy for me to do because I still have my first car. And as long as it keeps running, and so far so good, I intend to have that car probably until the day I die. Uh, that's how much I love that car. It is like a child to me. Now, it does require some upkeep, and that's why I'm grateful for a place like eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED lights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices... You're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. 
Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so my most frustrating ticket-buying experiences often involved looking for tickets to see the late Tom Petty. Uh, For many years, I was one of those people that whenever Tom Petty was playing live within 100 miles of me, I would want to go and see him play. I'd want to hop in the car, train, plane, whatever, to go see Tom Petty play. Because I was not alone in that feeling, uh, tickets were often hard to come by. And you shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. And I've got the Game Time app open in my hand right now, and I'm going to be all over the place over the next few months, traveling East Coast, West Coast, NBA All-Star Weekend, in Indiana, and I'm always looking for something to do in those places. Looking for last-minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals, game time. It's got a little bit of everything. It's easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Views from all seats in the venue, lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, all the good things that you need when you're trying to buy tickets. Game time is the only ticketing app That gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All-in prices show your total up front so you know you're getting a great deal before you check out. Buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code MANIX for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, and redeem code MANIX, M-A-N-N-I-X, for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. All right, Connor Ben is here. Undefeated contender, welterweight, junior welterweight, middleweight for the right fight, I'm sure. He takes on Peter Dobson on Saturday. That will be an afternoon fight in the U.S., prime time in the U.K., live on DAZN. So what is the official weight for this fight, Connor? Because I know you've moved back and forth a little bit over the last few fights. Yeah, this fight's a 150. Um, yeah, just 150 for this one. Mm-hmm. What's it, 34 pound over uh, the 147 limit. 
what what's your what's your plan then for for yourself? Do you are you trying to get back down to 147? Are you open to whatever the best fight is out there? What's kind of in your mind on that? Um, I think you know I won the the world title 147. Um, I could make could have made 147 for this fight, um, but you know since there's nothing on the line, why not do a 150? So for me, yeah, I see my career you know moving forward at 147 unless. You know, there's a big, big fight that the public demand um, a one five four or one sixty. Mm-hmm. I've got one for you, one five four. We'll get to that in in a couple of minutes. Uh, you're fighting in Vegas, uh, prime time yeah. in the UK, afternoon in the US, which means like instead of you know people coming from a nice dinner, they might be rolling in from the breakfast buffet to get there for the early yeah, part yeah. of that car. It's probably been a long time for you since you fought this early in the day, hasn't it? I don't think I've ever fought this early in the day. <laughs> uh, but it's um, it's a blessing, you know, for my fans to be able to watch it at 10.30 p.m. approximately UK time. It's um, it's only right that we do that for the supporters, no? Mm. So explain to me the last few months in, in your life. Because, I, you know, I stood there in the ring with you after you beat Orozco in your last fight. And you were pretty clear that while you liked the opportunity to fight in America, you wanted to get back in the UK. Um, what is the biggest reason why you're not fighting in the UK for this fight? Uh, it's more, you know, legal issues. Um, I'd say with with Matrim, or we prefer to to build the name, build the profile up in America during this period. So it makes sense to to do these fights in Vegas, Orlando. Uh, we don't know where's next yet, but you know, all the world titles are over here, um, and all the top world weights are over here in in America. So. You know, as a team, we chose to sit down and and we know that this is the the way forward to capture the the um, world weight titles over here. Is it? Are you happy with this plan? Is this kind of you on board with all this? Yeah, I mean, listen, the Ben name's familiar right here in the states, so for me, it's nothing but a blessing to be able to headline in Vegas, um, fight in Orlando. I fought uh, in the New York uh, Coliseum when I was maybe 10 and 0. So it is, a, it is a dream. It is a blessing. I feel like I'm doing a little American tour. <laughs> yeah, Orlando and then Vegas. That is a, a American tour. Um, Are you optimistic, though, that you know, you're going to get back and fighting in the UK sooner rather than later? Most definitely. By the end of Feb, I reckon we'll this should all be concluded and that, that chapter, horrible chapter in my book, finally closed. Yeah, and you, you've talked at length about that chapter. You and I have talked at length about that chapter. Um, I've heard you say this in, in previous interviews this week. Like, there are some people that are just never going to believe you. There are some people that are going to believe you full-throatedly. Um, have you kind of accepted that's just how it is, that you know, you're never going to be able to convince everybody? Yeah, definitely. It was, that was the hardest thing for me to accept. Out of everything, not how much I've spent, not how bad the publicity has been nothing has been harder to accept than the fact that some will believe and some will never believe and some will find an excuse for my success or that was the hardest thing for me to accept I was thinking I was driving the other day and I was just sitting in a car and I'm just driving I'm just like I wish people could just see like I wish people could just know like like I don't know how I wish someone could just see and actually know I'm innocent, like completely, not even, not even like even thought about, never even heard of it, never nothing. I wish people could just see and and how people, how I would have been, how badly I was treated, how about how badly someone innocent was treated, but nothing. 
you know, for complete, for no wrongdoing at all. Nothing but diligent with everything I take throughout my whole career. You know, nothing. You know, I've just been loyal to the game, dedicated, married to the game. How would people respond if he, people had just seen and just just know? Maybe some evidence is going to come out in, you know, two, three, four years where this substance is proven to be contaminated with what, we, what we're what consuming. When did you kind of come to that understanding? Was there a moment for you where you said, you know what, I'm just not going to convince every anybody or everybody, no matter how hard I try? I mean, some days, some days it's, you don't even think about it. And then other days, it's like, I can't believe this has been something I've had to accept. Mm. You know, so you're never like really like, I'm still healing. You know, it's, it's something I'm still healing about. You know, as, I mean, you know, in September, how emotional I got in the interview we done. It's, you're still like, it takes time to heal from something like this, I believe, because it's not like I don't care about my image. I'm not, uh, I don't just go missing. I don't, I'm very vulnerable. I wear my heart on my sleeve. I, I am what I am. And people know I am what I am, which is why this has been so bad. Because I sh should I have listened to the lawyers and just gone missing? Out of sight, out of mind. Should I have just not retaliated? Should I not have protested and fought it and, you know, you know, fight it too for now? Then it probably would have gone away sooner, but I'm just not that guy. And, you know, listening to the legal advice, I just couldn't stay quiet while my name, my image, my character, my son, um, you know, my son is going to one day see all this and me not fight for my innocence. You know, it's been the hardest fight, but, you know, I'm still undefeated. I won the end of the first hearing, you know, so we're, the rematch is on and, you know, no doubt I'm going to win the rematch. So you got back in the ring in September. What did it feel like to be back in the ring after almost a one-year layoff? Do you know what? I'm, it's mad because I never, I, I never, I'm a fighter. So I go in there and I do what I got to do regardless, like, even on my sick day, even if I'm like 50% or I'm ill or I'm, I'm still very confident. Like even if I'm not hundred percent, then my explosiveness, my power, my agility, my athleticism is, is enough. My boxing brain is enough to outweigh any way I may be feeling. Um, but on fight night, it hit me. The whole, the whole thing hit me. Um, and the whole, it just it hit me in the changing room. Um, and I actually had to lay down. Never, I've never done that. And my cousin who's sitting here now was like, that's strange because I thought that was weird because I've never seen you do that. Normally I'm like, okay, go, where's the ring bell? You know, whereas I had to lay down. I was absolutely exhausted before the fight. I said, Tony, I need to lay down. And I lay down, I fell asleep for maybe 20 minutes mm. while my gloves are on. You know, ready to like all taped up, ready to go, and I just said I'm exhausted, shattered. I think it was more mentally for me. It was a mental thing. When I meant it, the fight for me was mental than physical. All that was, you know, it was a hard fight. I mean, he's a tough Mexican. You know, he's a big guy, but the fight was up here for me, mm. and I feel very differently about this fight. And in in the ultimate irony, Orozco tested positive for a banned substance after your fight. Did you have? I mean, was your reaction different given what you've gone through um, to learning of his positive test than maybe it would have been before you've gone through what you have? When, listen, when anyone fails, if, I mean, unless you've gone through it, 
when anyone's failed a drug test and you know they've got cleared or whatever you go yeah yeah all right okay no yeah we know you know so when everyone's failed a drug test i used to be the guy that used to go well that's it you know like you've been caught just own it and that was what was so hard is i was so harsh on those people in my head they never know what's around the corner so i've learned something massive out of this um I've learned a lot out of this because you shouldn't be so quick to judge. Wait till you find the evidence. Science doesn't lie. If someone's willing to spend hundreds and thousands on proving their innocence, how can you say they're guilty? I've not spent hundreds of thousands on lawyers to get me off. I've spent hundreds of thousands on scientists, flown scientists here, flying scientists there to, to find out how. you got to remember, I never knew... I never knew if this was going to be proven. I never, but all I knew I was innocent. So there must be a mistake. There must be a reason. There must, well, you, I haven't taken it. So you, there must be a reason. If they can solve murder cases from 20 years ago because of DNA, they can definitely tell if there's been any abnormalities in my body over the past six months. And that was what I kept thinking to myself. The science is going to save me here. The science is going to save me. But the court of public opinion by the time the we had the evidence people had already made up their mind and the decision people had already who cares if i'm innocent now you know the damage has been done and that was what was hard so with a roscoe i mean it's hard for me to, like i'm not gonna be be like if he was taking it it would make sense as to why he stood up to the shots he did took a lot of shots <laughs> I wouldn't even say he took a lot, but he took heavy shots. Heavy, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't even say there was like a lot, but when I threw them, I connected. And it's like you'd see him go, and then all of a sudden he was all right. You Like, I, he looked gone. I'd look at him and he looked gone, and then all of a sudden he's all right and he's back together. Which, which now doesn't come as a surprise to me if he was taking EPO, you know, but I'm not going to put that down to the reason because we don't know the evidence. We don't know the facts. But what I do know is anyone who I've hit with them shots haven't got back up. Mm. So, I mean, I give him the benefit of the doubt and I pray that, listen, he's got family and kids. So I pray that if he is innocent, that this gets cleared up and he's able to get back fighting. If he's guilty, banned him for four years. Mm. Do you, I know you still have to clear up the stuff in the UK, but you fight in September. You're back here in February. Do you feel like you're you're in a way back on track with your career it's hard because i feel like still a burden man still a burden still heavy on me you know and i feel like until this case is concluded i can't see a future although i'm fighting and i prepare for fighting like the same i i am mentally it's hard to say i mentally want this just done like that's like I just desperately want this finished and this chapter closed um, but right now I all I can do is control what I can control and that's why I'm looking at this stay in the gym stay working stay grafting stay disciplined stay dedicated anything else it's just going to give me resilience and strength when this, all this is cleared I'll be able to be clear you know like mentally because there's so much just still mm. 
Uh, before I let you go, I-, I was in Arizona this past weekend, and we we filmed some stuff with the Zone about your fight. Barry Jones was there, Sergio was there, and we talked about your future. And to me, the best fight for Conor Ben and for boxing. And I know you got unfinished business with Chris Eubank. You want to win a welterweight title, but give me Conor Ben Virgil Ortiz. That's what I want to see. We had Virgil Ortiz fight just a few weeks ago. He's out there saying, "Hey, man, I want a big fight." You know, I know you badly want a big fight. If a Virgil Ortiz fight was presented to you, and if the money was right, because I know it has to be right, how do you feel about that particular fight? No problem. <laughs> you know, like when people do the measures, if you keep, you know, bigged up Virgil Ortiz and bigged up Jaron Ennis, but yet when I fought Samuel Vargas just after Virgil Ortiz and beat him way more convincingly, or when I fought Van Herden just before Jaron Ennis, you guys are tipping these guys to be pound for pound greats. Future pound for pound greats. Oh, but then Conor Ben, with no amateur experience, isn't on their level. But yeah, I've just done the same thing. If not better. So it's like, when you when people say, oh yeah, but you're not ready for them, he's a killer, he's this, he's, he's a killer, he's this. What about the guy who beats him more convincingly? More ferocious. You know, more devastating with the, the power shot. So, any of them names I can mention, they don't, they don't mention my name. You know, they, they never mention my name. I mention this. And these are the fights that the British public want. Not even the British public, the public want, the public can get them. Devin Haney, Barrios. Before it was Hugues, Thurman. There was Pacquiao. There was Brooke, Eubank, Liam Smith. So it's like, I'm here. Mm. I'm ready. Just let me know. Let, let me know when and how much, of course. <laughs> obviously you got to know how much how much is in that pot well connor good to see you man glad to see you back in the ring february 3rd live on DAZONE vegas afternoon fight in the u.s prime time in the uk good luck on saturday connor and i appreciate your time as always thank you pleasure that's it for this week's episode my thanks to eddie hearn and connor ben for joining the show as always subscribe rate review this podcast on apple podcast spotify wherever you download podcasts and i'll see you next week Thank you so much. I go sleep. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., 
we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.